Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. Max, it's always good to start the show with fantastic news. It's not official yet that the Buckeyes have Jordan Hancock, but the high four-star corner decommitted from Clemson yesterday, and the crystal balls are rolling in for Ohio State to land Jordan Hancock, including from Steve Wiltfong and many other heavy hitters. Uh, again, it's not a sure thing, but it sure looks like at this point, Jordan Hancock is going to be a Buckeye backs. Yeah, talk about when a plan comes together perfectly. This is exactly what Ohio State uh, sort of hoped for whenever Devontae Smith ended up leaving the Buckeyes recruiting class to go to Alabama. Uh, if you remember, it was he pretty famously posted that eyeball emoji as soon as Ohio State uh, had Devontae Smith decommit. It made you wonder what was going on there. So at this point, look, this is, uh, this is a guy who 24-7 sports ranks is the number 41 player in the country. The composite has him at number 76. He's a top five corner. He's a top 10 player in the state of Georgia, which is a super talent-rich state. This is the kind of player that, uh, if, for those of you who were worried that the class was dipping a little bit, this is going to help uh, undip it, if you will. This is a big-time pickup, and that also comes with some other fun things that can come along with it, including the fact he's lifelong friends with a guy named Barrett Carter, who if you look at the recruiting rankings, you'll see even higher on the list than Jordan Hancock, who's already right near the top. So, yeah, this is a, this will be pretty exciting if everything pans out with him committing to the Buckeyes. And they continue to tap into the Georgia market, as you mentioned. This will be their first uh, commitment if – Hancock does, in fact, flip to Ohio State. This will be their first 2021 commit from Georgia. But going back through the years, I mean, obviously on the team right now, Justin Fields is from Georgia. Harry Miller is from Georgia. Steel Chambers was from Georgia. And then going back, Cam Hayward was from Georgia. Brad Roby from Georgia. Vaughn Bell was actually from Chattanooga but played high school football his final two years in Georgia. And there's been many others. So Ohio State, you know, it's not hasn't been as good as Florida to Ohio State over the years, but Georgia's been pretty damn good and continues to be pretty damn good. Yeah, and I can tell you this, uh, as somebody who lived down in Atlanta for five years, was part of the Atlanta Alumni Association. Uh, shout out to everybody who gathers, hopefully at Hudson Grill, as soon, it re- as, soon as it reopens for Buckeye games. Uh, that, that's a, a state where Ohio State has a massive presence from out of state. Atlanta is one of those towns where half the people in the city are not from Georgia. They went down there for work. They went down there for weather. They went down there for whatever reason. And they've really never left their, their home roots behind. And that's something that uh, is a big deal, I think, in terms of being able to pull some of these kids up north, is that they're constantly surrounded by reminders of Ohio State. 
and Ohio State's also one of those schools that has the ability to say, yeah, we, we, last time we played Alabama, we beat them. We've been beating Southern schools. Everybody who watched that Ohio State-Clemson game last year knew exactly what the better team was, and it just didn't quite work out the way it should have in terms of the results on the field. So Ohio State's in a very unique position to go into a big-time state like Georgia. Georgia is probably the number four state in the country at this point for producing elite high school football talent. Uh, and being able to go down there and essentially take kids away from the Southern schools. Uh, Georgia, who typically and hist- historically has not kept the top kids in state, uh, has made a bigger push on that since uh, the arrival of Kirby Smart there. But that's a state where Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia and Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, all those schools would go in and take some of the top kids that if you're Ohio State and you're able to come in and land a couple of the top 10 kids every year, that's another just massive, massive edge for the Buckeyes. And I tell you what, Atlanta area high school football is one of the hotbeds in the country. Jordan Hancock flipping from a school in Clemson, which for those of you who are aware, Clemson is like five miles over the border from Georgia into the state of South Carolina. So it's much closer. So Hancock dropping a much closer school where his, his lifelong best friend uh, is going with him as well to come to Ohio State says a lot about the job Ohio State did here in the recruitment. And the Buckeyes really needed a third true corner in this class, in my opinion. They already had two they really liked, including Ja'Kalen Johnson, who everybody I talk to says is just going to be a superstar. They also have Denzel Burke, who could be very underrated. Uh, so those are the two true corners in the class right now. They have other guys that could play corner. Andre Turrentine could be a corner or a safety. Jansen Dunn could be a corner or a safety. Uh, I think both those guys are going to be safeties. Turrentine probably has a better chance than Dunn of being a corner, but they needed a, th- a third tr- a true corner uh, with only having Ja'Kalen Johnson and Denzel Burke so far. And last year, they signed Legend Cavazos and Ryan Watts and Cam Martinez. Cam Martinez, or some debate if he's going to be a corner or not. So uh, I know last year they wanted to get more than what they got. So getting a third true corner, presuming, again, that Jordan Hancock does flip to the Buckeyes as expected, uh, very huge for the Buckeyes. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And if you look where 24-7 Sports has him rated, they have him rated up there with a guy like Ja'Kalen Johnson, who's one of the top corners in the entire country. So this isn't uh, – you, you know how uh, we always talked about Urban Meyer, whenever he had a kid decommit, he'd go around and just land a higher-rated one not that long after? <laughs> that's what he's doing here. Uh, we, we, we can go back and look at the history of what Urban did, and every time he lost a kid, he went and he got another kid who just hey, ended up being even better. So – you know, it, it, it certainly seems like Ohio State made a calculated risk not fighting to keep Devontae Smith, uh, knowing full well that another big-time school in Alabama wanted him pretty badly. And that calculated risk is absolutely paying off. And it's a spectacular addition to this class, assuming they get him. Uh, if you look where he slots in, he's, as high, he's higher, higher rated than a couple guys in this class that we've been very excited about. Guys like Evan Pryor, Marvin Harrison Jr., they're lower rated in the composite than he is. He's very similarly rated to Reed Carrico. And so these are all big-time kids that he's slotting right in that group. But this is yet another top 100 kid that would be coming to Ohio State. And if he commits to Ohio State, they would have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 top 100 kids in the composite committed. And that's, of course, while they're still chasing after a few kids in the top 100, such as the Washington duo of JTT and Emiko Igbuka. So Ohio State's recruiting class, again, 
uh, everybody was talking about the quote historic class for a while until things slowed down and Devonte Smith decommitted. It's getting back on the table, folks. Let's be real here. You touched on Ryan Day. You know, you know, Kerry Combs does a great job as well recruiting. Their entire staff does a great job recruiting. Um, let's focus on Ryan Day and Kerry Combs. With Ryan Day, when he took over for Urban, I was thinking, I think the offense is going to be better than what it was. We know Ryan Day is just, you know, we could already tell that he was an offensive guru. You know, just to be frank, I thought, well, recruiting, in my opinion, I was thinking to myself, well, recruiting definitely will take a step back. But that means instead of finishing with the number two class, most of the time they'll finish maybe fourth or fifth. Ryan Day will still be a really good recruiter, but he won't be as, he won't be Urban Meyer. As you pointed out, what we're seeing with stuff like Jordan Hancock and just this class in general that he's putting together, this is very Urban Meyer-like. And Urban never finished with the number one class when, it, when he was at Ohio State. Now, as I've said on the show many times, if they re-ranked the classes, 2013 and 2017 absolutely would have been the number one class in the country. Those classes finished second. Um, if they re-ranked them, those would have been first, which is what really matters. So Urban did a great job recruiting. My point is, I never thought Ryan Day could match what Urban's doing. At least with this class, he's besting Urban Meyer and getting guys like Jordan Hancock. He, he didn't flip from Vanderbilt. No, no, no disrespect to Vanderbilt. Okay, some disrespect to Vanderbilt. He flipped from freaking Clemson. As you mentioned, he doesn't live far from Clemson. This is very much an Urban Meyer type deal here, and I am all for it. You know what else? This is the answer to all the people who are like, Ryan Day is really recruiting well, but it's all top offensive players. We don't have to right. defensive <laughs> players. Remember that last year where – Oh, yeah. The kid that we got on defense was Cody Simon. And now Ohio State in the top – their number one player is Jack Sawyer, which is always a nice starting point on defense. But they have Adelaide at defensive end. They have Ja'Kalen Johnson and hopefully Hancock soon at corner. Uh, they've got Mike Hall at defensive tackle, Reed Carrico. You know, these are all guys ranked in the top 100 at, at, uh, on the defensive side of the football. Then even further, you know, you got Andre Turrentine, who's in the top 140. So Ohio State's whole, they can't recruit elite defensive players under Ryan Day. Bugaboo seems to be going away pretty quick. And again, if they can leverage this into uh, potentially getting some more interest from Barrett Carter, who is a top 50 national player at linebacker, who is uh, Hancock's good buddy, and who the Ohio State commits are already hard after, if uh, some of their Instagram lives are led to be believed, Travion Henderson flat out telling him, we need to have a chat now, buddy. Um, it's only going to help. So at this point, Ohio State is answering all the questions about recruiting under Ryan Day. You don't have a historically good recruiting class if you can't bring in elite defensive players, and they're about to add another one. So this is another cycle of questions being answered. And Ryan Day has literally rose to every single occasion since he became the head coach at Ohio State. You're picking of his assistants the best recruiter of the staff. Good luck picking between Kerry Combs, Brian Hartline, Larry Johnson, and others. Uh, but Kerry Combs is obviously in the, in the discussion. He's proven it right away. He proved it when, you know, his five years working under Urban. He's been back now for, what, six months, and he, he's just been killing it. So a lot of credit goes to Ryan Day. A lot of credit goes to Kerry Combs. And even, you know, Al Washington was a part of this recruitment of Jordan Hancock, still is a part of this recruitment of Jordan Hancock. So Al Washington gets some props here, too. I mean, what a staff Ryan Day has put together. And Kerry Combs. I think it's probably – I said it's it would be hard to pick the best. I, it's probably between Combs and Hartline for me, although Larry Johnson's right there as well. Um, and Al Washington, I think, can be a very uh, excellent recruiter down the line. But I think it's probably between Combs and Hartline. But Combs continues to prove he is just one of the best in the country what he does. 
You know what else is fun? 24-7 has a way to track these uh, assistant coaches and their recruiting abilities. And right now, Ohio State is five of the top 25 assistant coaches in terms of recruiting and four of the top 12. Uh, currently, 24-7 sports ranks. Tony Alford is the number one recruiter this year, which talk about a turnaround from the perception of him last year. Of course, it helps when you bring in some of these uh, high-level guys like uh, uh, that, that, that we've talked about at the running back position. But you've got some, some elite recruiters at Ohio State. If you look at who they're all counted as being responsible for the primary recruiter on, it's a very, very different group, you know? And that's always a lot of fun. Um, so if you look at the list, though, right now, number two is Tony Alford in the whole country, according to our 24-7 sports as coaches, recruiter rankings. Number four is Kerry Combs. Number nine is Brian Hartline. Number 12 is Larry Johnson that no other team has more than two coaches in that same ballpark, right? So at this point in time, Ohio State has to be just over the moon with the capabilities of their recruiting staff when it comes to coaching. Uh, or their coaching staff when it comes to recruiting. Wait, did I say that right? I, I think that's one of the big things in college football is that your coaches have to be equal, if not better recruiters than X's and O's guys. Because remember, once we get actually back to talking about football, these other guys are only going to get 20 hours a week to work with these players to install systems and all that. So in college football, a big part of being an elite coach is just getting better guys than the other team that you're playing against, right? If you're able to have a bunch of extra first round picks equivalent versus everybody else that you're playing, which is what you can do in college football with recruiting, you're going to do better. And Ohio state is continuing their track record of bringing in absolutely elite level players. And that's super exciting right now because Tell you what, this recruiting class for Ohio State is excellent. And, and the fact that we're talking about it getting better again is really exciting because this is one that I think a lot of people hope for, but it seems like a little bit more of a pipe dream when you're talking about flipping elite kids from a, uh, one of the schools that's a, quote, hyper elite on its own. So this is, this is pretty exciting. And it's, it's only a good sign for where this is going in the future. How about that? I talked about all these great recruiters on the staff, and I didn't mention the guy who is ranked as the number two recruiter in the entire country and the number one recruiter on the staff right now in Tony Alford. And I've always thought Tony Alford was an excellent recruiter. I'm glad he is proving it this year with Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor. And uh, last year, some things happened that were not his fault. Bijan Robinson was not his fault for the listeners out there. He committed to the Buckeyes silently. They were supposed to keep it under wraps, and then he just called them a few weeks later and just floored them and told them you know, he was not going to come to Ohio State because of distance from home and some pressure he was getting not to go so far away from home. So I don't fault Tony Alford at all for Bijan Robinson. Again, the proof's in the pudding. He has proven it this year with Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor both being in the class, the number one running back in the country and the number two all-purpose back in the country. All right, let's finish the show with some good news as well, Bax. I just just good news after good news after good news on today's show. Ohio State – We'll restart voluntary workouts for the football team today. A lot of people, myself included, a lot of people thought when they announced we're going to take at least a week off, thinking, oh, crap, does this mean they're going to take like two or three weeks off? This could be a bad sign. The fact they're coming back this quick is an excellent sign. Again, it doesn't mean for sure we're going to have college football or anything. It's just we're looking for any, any good signs we can get. They're starting workouts again today. That's a hell of a good sign. Yeah, that's the best part. Uh, of the whole day as much as we have spent talking about Jordan Hancock hopefully becoming a Buckeye let's not keep our eyes off the prize here having football this fall with Justin Fields as the quarterback one more time is Ohio State near the front of the pack to win a national championship the opportunity that the Buckeyes have this fall to win a national championship 
is a major thing. So getting them back on campus, getting them back working out tells you that whatever happened with some of the testing wasn't as widespread as many people feared. It was a shorter term thing. You know, Ohio State is being responsible uh, with their young men and how they're bringing them back to campus. So like you, I saw that and I went, well, crap, this could be two week shutdown. And next thing you know, boom, they're back on campus. And we're seeing as people are figuring protocols out as to handle this stuff, um, that how they're able to sort of make this work a bit better. You have a lot of places that are being precautionary about it. If you look at the big sports, the NHL and the NBA are getting ready to come back. Uh, there was one of the teams in the NHL yesterday or two days ago had nine guys sit out for precautionary reasons for potential secondhand exposure. It wasn't that they were exposed to somebody who had COVID. They are exposed to somebody who was exposed to somebody who had COVID. And even then it was only a maybe. So they're being very careful about the spread. So Ohio State is clearly being responsible here. Hopefully this impresses upon the kids that they can't do irresponsible things in their personal life. Hopefully the leadership of the team has much more, uh, I guess, political capital to lean hard on their teammates to stay home. Hey, if you're going to go, if, if when we're not at the facility working out and you don't got schoolwork you're working on, stay home and play video games. Order pizza in. Don't, I, I know it's beautiful out, but this isn't the time to go running around the campus parties, right? So hopefully that continues to help the college kids at Ohio State behave more mature than your average college student, which by default, college football players have to be uh, in terms of a personal responsibility sense. And getting back to workouts means that the season continues to be back on track for happening. Uh, we, I talked about it on the bucket last week. I have no idea how they're going to reschedule all this with conference-only games. But you kind of have to think that they're going to move up the start of the season into September full bore with our first scheduled game being September 26th. The way that you get to that early September start is that the kids are responsible in terms of distancing. Everybody wears a mask. You know, I wear a mask, Dave, because I want football and I want my kid to play hockey this fall. You know, and that's how we're going to get there. So it seems like Ohio State is being responsible, just like Ryan Day said. And it's excellent news that they're back on campus. Excellent news they're back working out. And it's really good news that it was a short pause because it shows that it's showing how to handle some of the quarantine situations that may or may not arise over the course of the year. Great stuff, as always, from Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday on Bucknuts. It is The Bucket. And to all listeners out there, thank you very much. If you like the show, give us a five-star review. It really helps. Thanks again to Matt Baxendale. And thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 Kiss the Future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply